The following message is brought to you by the Ezra Institute for Contemporary Christianity. To learn more about the Ezra Institute's mission to advance the Lordship of Christ, please visit www.ezrainstitute.ca. Shut up for a second, please. We're in a cultural war, a cultural war. How do you think you are talking to me like that? I resent the fact that your implication that only you are a Canadian. The culture war is back, 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 back. All right, my friends, away we go on this blustery Tuesday morning. Uh, I guess the bluster is just getting going. The culture warriors are ready. They're locked and loaded, and uh, there's a lot to talk about, uh, including some pet Issues that we brought up earlier this morning, joining us yet again in the studio, Greta Vosper, minister at the West Hill United Church and founder for the Center for Progressive Christianity. Good morning, Greta. Good morning, John. And Joe Boot, the Reverend Joe Boot, senior pastor at the Westminster Chapel in Toronto on the line this morning, couldn't make it in because of the weather. Thank you, Joe, for joining us nonetheless. Good to be here. Morning, John. Morning, Greta. Morning, Joe. You know, I wanted to start with a story that uh, our friend and colleague, Lou Skeezus, the happy capitalist, has been drawing some scorn on social media for some support as well, I'll point out, because it was uh, what the industry minister, uh, James Moore, said in B.C. yesterday. Uh, he made a comment when he was asked by a reporter about child poverty rates in B.C. He says, well, obviously, nobody wants kids to go to school hungry. Certainly, we want to make sure that kids go to school full-bellied. But is that always the government's job to be there to serve people their breakfast? Empowering families with more power and resources so that they can feed their own children is, I think, a good thing. Is it my job to feed my neighbor's child? I don't think so. And that's the uh, quote that's being cribbed and widely bandied about, uh, the last part of it. Is it my job to feed my neighbor's child? I don't think so. In other words, he's been painted as a blue meanie and uh, a Scrooge at Christmas. Are there no prisons? Are there no workhouses? Is it the government's job to feed his neighbor's children? I ask you, Greta Vosper. I, I think that it is until uh, the, what he said in the first half of the sentence is in place, that, that we have uh, systems and a society that nurtures every family and provides opportunity for every family to feed their children uh, fully before they go to school and, and sends them with a lunch as well. Uh, we don't have that uh, system in place. We have far too many children uh, whose families depend on food banks. No parent wants to send their child to school hungry. Um, at least no adequate parent wants to do that. Uh, but the provision for uh, employment, for child care, for all of the, the natural and normal things that people think make a family able to function economically in this country are not necessarily in place. So if the government wants to step up with programs that are going to make that happen uh, for families, then I'm all for that. But in the meantime, I think that we do have a responsibility to support and, and encourage and sustain uh, families who live in poverty. All right. So government reliance uh, has subsumed self-reliance. You see it as the government's role primarily. Joe Boot, how about you? Well, first of all, it's a bracket my comments. Uh, you know, we at Westminster Chapel run a food bank. Uh, we run a, uh, a ministry to families called Save Families. We're concerned for the family. We're concerned for people who uh, are dependent upon uh, food banks and so forth. But this is a much broader uh, political question about the responsibility of um, society as a whole. And uh, historically, the Christian Church has seen it as the Church's responsibility through the tithe to make provision for the poor and needy, and that this is the family and the Church together that do this, because 
there's no such thing as a uh, free lunch. The state has to do everything it does coercively, and uh, to give to one is simply to take from another. And uh, this means that um, uh, the, the state really doesn't do charity. Charity is voluntary giving. The state coerces people through progressive taxation, which I think is a form of, of theft, actually. So um, uh, you can't, we can't spot, you can understand what the gentleman is saying, because you, we cannot be seen to sponsor irresponsibility. St. Paul says, uh, if, a man, if a man doesn't work, he shouldn't eat. So I think uh, uh, when charity is personal and it's done through the family and the church, you can actually, there's personal contact, you can actually measure uh, the way in which somebody is r responding to uh, 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 voluntary giving. You can actually test whether or examine whether a person is being irresponsible or responsible with their family. Uh, the state doesn't really do that, it, and you create a culture of entitlements, not a culture of charity. So if someone um, that you're supporting, um, as many, many, many congregations uh, do, if someone that you're supporting, if you determine that they're not doing enough to really earn that, what is it you do? Do you cut them off? Well, the, we have, uh, at, uh, certainly at Westminster, we have a, a deacons fund, which is involved in supporting people who can't pay their bills, can't pay their rent, and so on and so forth. And yes, there's a certain criteria by which we uh, require that people are seeking to take some responsibility for themselves. Otherwise, you just create a culture of entitlements and handouts, and uh, it's simply taking from one group of people to give to others who can't be bothered. Now, and that's not, from a Christian perspective, a, a moral concept. All right, so Joe Boot, uh, again, there's a distinction between your point of view and that of Greta Vosper, whereas Greta believes the instrument of government is, and it's coercive in its nature, confiscatory taxation, whatever, uh, that is morally appropriate uh, for government to do these things and then apportion, redistribute the monies to look after people who have fallen through the cracks, on the margins, whatever. But uh, they redistribute the money for, I mean, we, we talk about the poor because that's the big thing and because we can get this specter of the the person who, you know, doesn't uh, deserve something in our heads and, and then get all angry about it. But we, but we use that taxation program for all kinds of things that benefit us, like, like uh, roads that people who use transit will never drive upon and, um, and hospital systems that those who take care of themselves may never enter. I mean, we, we have to recognize that there are a number of things that our taxation system uh, supports that right, no so, one really does anything on right. their own. You're saying it's just Justifiable. Uh, it's a role that government it's should, just easy to well, should assume, the poor. Joe. But, but yeah, but the thing is, look, income taxes didn't even exist in this country until the 1930s. What do you think people were doing before then? Look, that, the, the, the very seriously, Joe? That, well, let him explain. The, the very notion of income tax as an idea was introduced, well, in the First World War, it was a temporary measure, the War Tax Act only actually became a reality. No, no, no. My seriously is, do you seriously want to go back before that? I'm saying that, in the, that social financing has to be provided. I'm not, we're not in disagreement there. We have to provide social financing. The question is, how is it to be provided? And is it simply a free uh, handout that comes with no requirements of taking personal responsibility? Now, the church, my church, and uh, you, you can tell me if I'm wrong here, but perhaps your church does this as well, People in my congregation largely give 10% of their income, and much of it is distributed to those in need. So 
uh, well, I'm not speaking from a position of somebody who doesn't care about poverty or from, from a group of people who don't give. And uh, we can certainly see from dropping charity giving rates in, in Canada today that this is not the majority perspective. So this is not an unconcern for the poor and the needy. The question is, who is to provide for the poor and the needy and on what basis? Now, historically in Canada, it was done by the church, not by the state. And we have now a debt-ridden, collapsing Western economies that are welfare economies because we have taken an, an attitude of entitlement towards these things, not responsibility. Let me ask you, Joe, if it were left to a community alone to look after the needy, uh, could we assume that they would do an adequate job? You're saying there's a tithing that takes place in your uh, faith-based community of 10%. Yes. Is there enough of a generosity of spirit to uh, assume what the needs, the material needs, not just wants, but uh, not wants, but needs of the people would be, uh, or is it going to have to take uh, be taken upon government to come in and fill that gap? Well, um, a few years ago, a major study was done in the U.S. that found if every church and synagogue in America looked after one, one welfare family, the welfare state would cease to exist. Now, today, of course, with the decline of Christianity in Canada, and we see it reflected in the charity giving, uh, no, that wouldn't be possible. We need some state involvement in these things uh, for the time being. But the issue is... I lost Joe. All right, uh, Joe was in the middle of his uh, response. I'm not going to finish his sentence, and I know that, that Joe and Joe's congregation do a lot to support the poor, and I'm certainly not critiquing that. Um, I do think, though, that as uh, as we move into a culture that has fewer and fewer religious organizations that are intent upon caring for the poor, that we could hit a crisis if we were to depend exclusively upon them, and I think Joe is recognizing that So you that say well. there's a moral imperative on the part of government uh, to take monies and uh, distribute them to the needy as they see fit. You can't have this conversation without also talking about corporate welfare, And we will. No, and we will. I'm going to dovetail it because, well, that's my gift. But here in a moment, uh, I'll tell you, too, about this new program that uh, the provincial government has set up called Healthy Smiles. 70,000, 70,000 low-income Ontario children will be eligible for free dental care. Under this program, Deb Matthews announced yesterday it's going to be rolled out over the next 18 months. That's for folks making up to... The poverty line, or $22,000 with one child uh, for every additional child, it increases the threshold of net income by 1500 So let's say you got four kids. If you're making 25000 or less, your kids are all going to get free dental care. Is that fair? Is that moral? Is that about uh, appropriate and necessary? What about the kids of families making over 35000 fending for themselves? What about them? How do we square that circle? We'll come back. Greta Vosper, Joe Boot is back with us. It's the Culture War. I want to invite your calls as well. It's been a touchy topic all morning. Lou Wade in is a happy capitalist. He's not happy about the government doling out his monies to these kinds of initiatives. He thinks that's immoral. Uh, other people may beg to differ. Let's see what you have to say. James Moore is the industry minister. He's the lightning rod questioning, is it the government's job to feed my neighbor's child? And he's received a ton of scorn on social media for that, had to walk that statement back. The culture war is back. Uh, that's very hard-hearted and so on. Right. I think you need to take responsibility if you make children. I don't right. think it's my responsibility. I don't think you have the right to have as many children as I can afford to pay for. I want to take care of my family. All right. Well, Lou Skeezes earlier this morning on the same issue, what uh, the industry minister said. You think the industry minister, James Moore, was getting flack. Uh, yeah, Lou is a uh, public enemy, number one. In some quarters, other people support him in the essence that uh, it's about individual responsibility and self-reliance, and we can 
can't always turn to the government. Uh, I won't put words in his mouth, but the Reverend Joe Boot, senior pastor at the Westminster Chapel in Toronto, effectively suggesting the government should not be the be-all and end-all, and uh, it's a, a dangerous uh, or a slippery slope to be on where we defer to the government all these matters. Uh, dental care, Joe, by the way, in your absence, I was saying when we lost you here, this Healthy Smiles program that's coming up, the Ontario government's just endorsed uh, in the next 18 months. It's rolling out 70,000 low-income Ontario children eligible for free dental care. These are the kinds of entitlements. Uh, are they justified? Well, I just, just don't know who's going to continue to pay for all these things. Uh, we've got uh, a an aging population We've got a growing tax burden uh, on the middle classes, and uh, you know, most of us have to pay for our own dental and or cover our parents' dental and so on and so forth. And uh, as with all of these things, in the end, the question is, uh, who's going to pay? And is it uh, uh, the, my responsibility or my neighbor's responsibility to cover the dental treatment of all the kids living down the street when we're, many of us are struggling to make ends meet ourselves? And I think this is the difficulty that we're facing, this is the difficulty that the welfare economies of Europe are facing, is that uh, uh, in the end, who's going to pay the bill? And uh, what the answer of uh, the, the socialists and the left, like Greta, is basically, well, a smaller and smaller group of people we think have got more money than we have, they should fund, the, uh, fund all of these things. Now, it, when, it, uh, when it's put in the context of dental care and health care, it sounds as though you're being incredibly selfish and unkind and uncaring and so forth when you say that uh, we have to draw the line somewhere. But uh, if, um, if Greta were to decide that, uh, you know, John, you earn more than her, and perhaps it would be fine if she lifted 200 bucks from your wallet today and went home with it, everybody would call her a thief. Um, but if the state does it, we call it social justice. And this is a problem. All right, well, and that's what we're on about here. I mean, if I can crib from Pierre Trudeau, the just society. What do we mean by a just society and a moral society? And, uh, you know, he did bring up the opening that I guess, uh, Greta, you wanted to uh, perhaps uh, exploit here, the immorality of some folks making too much money. You know, the story came out yesterday where the typical CEO in Canada in the top 60 uh, earned 133 times the average industrial wage back in 2010, but paid 316 times the income tax of the average taxpayer. Are these CEOs being paid too much? Is it immoral what they're making? Well, I think that's you're, what you're seeing in the United States is, is the, an escalation of that to the point that it's absolutely, totally obscene. I mean, our, our income disparity chart in Canada is very different from the United States, and we need to be aware of that. Still, and yet, the CEO's, a CEO's salary is determined based on other CEOs' salaries and where, and where it lies in the market rather than determined in relation to the other people who are working in that organization. And I think that that's where uh, boards need to start looking at how you set a CEO's salary based on how other people in the organization are being paid and not how peer-to-peer, colleague-to-colleague uh, salaries go, because that's what's made it go crazy in the United States. And, All right, but corporatism, and the income disparity there is just so in, crazy. In general, I mean, we're corporations. The tax rate now is 11.5% in Ontario. Some people think it needs to be cranked up higher, and these people have to assume more of the debt or burden for social justice. Do you agree with that? I, I think that we need to we need to look at ways that that the disparity in our society is is heightened by corporate tax rates that I mean we talk about individuals getting welfare but corporations uh, get welfare as well in terms of huge tax breaks and and people the, the middle class who has played in the stock market for the last uh, 
80 years, uh, the, the middle class uh, wants to win on their stock market portfolio, regardless of whether their neighbor is going to lose their job so that they can get an extra cent or two per share. And we don't we don't know enough about what's going on there and 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 so we tend to just want income 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 and we don't look at what the expense of that is what the real people costs are that so, so i think are, are corporations going, need to have a more responsible role in society or should it be imposed from above by governments with progressive taxation uh, or there's going to be some regulation or manipulation do you of think mar- do you think corporations i mean do you think corporations are going to say, okay, here, let's make this a little more even? All right, so you're saying it, it then would be justifiable on the government's part. I want to take some calls on this. The Reverend Joe Boots with us, Greta, Greta Vosper in the studio. Jason, your call. Good morning. Good morning, Johnny. Uh, with all due respect to Greta, I have to agree mostly with Joe. Socialism doesn't work. Socialism didn't work for the Soviet Union. Look where it landed. I want to live in a voluntary society. Taxation is not voluntary. It's extortion. Pay your taxes or go to jail. I think if we want to become an economic superpower, we need to slash taxes both on the income level and corporate. That's going to drive jobs back to Ontario. All boats rise with the tide. And I think it's important to note that that the Soviet Union was not a socialist uh, government. It was a communist government, and it was and it was um, hijacked by uh, an. <laughs> a, an a thugocracy. It, I got it. was it. just like it was. Yeah, it it was not socialism. Right, it was bastardized. You live in a country that has that has become strong based on a social understanding, a social democratic uh, political system. So the social safety net is important, but how much uh, social engineering to uh, mend it or uh, enhance it is required or is justifiable. And Joe Boot, I mean, would you agree at least some social engineering is uh, necessary for a moral or a just society? No, I wouldn't call it social engineering. Justice, in the end, is about uh, uh, the giving people what they are due, uh, which uh, in the history of uh, Western culture meant the, the, the lex talionis, which meant uh, um, that the, the punishment fits the crime. The idea of justice is to do with giving people their due there. What we're talking about, what um, uh, Greta is talking about, is essentially Marxism, which is that social justice becomes the notion of uh, equalization, and uh, differences cannot be permitted to exist in a society, in a social order, whether they be differences in terms of role and function in marriage, uh, whether it be differences in responsibilities given to um, men and women, whether it be differences in uh, uh, legal privileges given to um, homosexuals or uh, heterosexuals, and especially redistributive notions of, ju- of justice in inverted commas, which means equalizing and making everybody equal in terms of their income. The Soviet Union was a Marxist order. Britain, for example, today has been very much uh, adopted Fabian socialism, which is where uh, Canada is today. The idea that socialism built the West is an absolute joke. I can't believe anybody would actually say that live on the radio, that uh, somehow socialism built the Western... All right, well, how about okay, the gross Joe- disparity between the CEO's take-home pay and that of the regular industrial worker who's averaging 46000 Do you think somewhere along the line that disparity has to be narrowed? Well, I think the way in which disparities in income are narrowed, is, as the, the caller just said, is, is through meritocracy, uh, uh, not uh, attempts at equalization and social engineering. We need to let the 
markets function. The problem today is that there is statist interventionism in the markets all of the time. The Joe, you reserve, can't possibly be saying reserve, that, uh, that a, a, an unleashed reserve. market is going to end up helping people. Federal, yeah, absolutely the free market helps people. It's what drives jobs. It's what drives the economies. It what, it's what builds so let's So let's Federal commodify everything that health. humans need and put it in the, in the free market, take the ownership of it away from the people who it benefits, give it to private not, corporations so that we can you know, feed only, through taxation, we can feed the wealthy, because that's exactly what happens in a free market economy. The difference between state ownership and private ownership. People are going to own anything. They have to own it personally and privately. State ownership. I don't think that's true. Look at Bolivia. Bolivia has taken back its ownership of its public utilities, of its water. Uh, It's it's deciding and recognizing that the people need to benefit from the natural resources of its country, not individual corporations and multinational ones at that. Corporations and multinationals, but these are are the ones that are in bed with the very states that you're talking about. The Federal Reserve is a cartel of banks that are basically in bed with the United States government. And this is And they argue that the free market will make everything better. No, they don't. They believe in a controlled market. They don't believe in freedom in the markets. And this is the problem. Now, I'm not saying that we don't, that social responsibility is important. I've repeatedly said that. Uh, I'm not talking about some kind of materialistic, individualistic, uh, free reign in which people just totally disparage their neighbor and don't care about others. But the point is you're not going to create a moral society by progressive taxations, what happens is then the state says, well, you're taking all my money from me, so you can take care of charity, you can take care of the family, you can take care of everything else, and I don't actually need to care about my neighbor. Just take more money from the rich down the road. All right, okay, let me, grab, that, let me t- take some okay. calls here. Grant in Aurora, good morning, joining the discussion. Good morning, sir, how are you? Good, thanks. Excellent. Listen, before I say what I say, which is going to get some people upset, let me just tell you where I came from. I came from Metro Housing. Before that, I had the biggest house on the street, but tragedy came to the house, and uh, we lost it all, and I became a metro housing kid that was going nowhere. I met somebody. I got lucky. There is a, a saying, and I do not agree with it, that it takes a village to raise a child. It takes a family to raise a child. So when my family broke down, I was shipped off to other families in different provinces that were my family that helped to raise me. And although... I was in the crack, and I fell through the crack. Like I said, I got lucky. I met somebody. The problem isn't money. You give this money to a bad parent, it's not getting to the child. It's mm-hmm. not going where you want it to go to. We give to the church. Uh, we don't give our 10% because my wife's a stay-at-home mom. That, that is my family, and we are, doing, I, we are doing great. But you can't give that money, my money, to a parent who is going to use it incorrectly. It's almost like you need to go to school to become a parent and say, yes, I took these courses. These are my financial statements. This is how uh, we live, you know, and somebody can say, you know what, you are going to be a good parent. We're going to take a chance on you because there's just too many kids out there that fall through. All right. So what you're telling us, basically, self-reliance is the optimum way of addressing this. It's not about reliance on the government to affect positive social outcomes. Uh, got your point. Well taken. I appreciate it. We'll come back. One more. Uh, Greta, you're looking at me here like... Uh, well, it, just co- it, it's, that's complex. I mean, are you, are you advocating uh, the state being involved in the assessment of a household, whether parents are actually doing what they should do, uh, which, which is... 
Well, you can't just be saying give the benefit of the doubt and cut the check without any kind of conditions or rights. I understand that. It's a partnership thing, but it's also a long-term thing. You cannot solve anything like this with a four-year mandate. Well, keep your powder dry. We'll also come back. Big ruling from the Supreme Court definitively on Friday as to whether or not prostitution laws would basically say it's a victimless crime. Uh, Anybody involved in the trade and the practice can fill their boots. We'll see what the panelists have to say on that. That's the last installment of The Culture War and more of your calls in a moment. With The Culture Warriors, the Reverend Joe Boot, Senior Pastor at the Westminster Chapel in Toronto, and Greta Vosper, Minister at the West Hill United Church, founder of the Centre for Progressive Christianity. We're talking about the morality of uh, CEOs making large amounts of money, uh, whether or not there needs to be some kind of tamping down or regulation of that. And uh, also about uh, a just society, does it look after its own through the coercive instrument of government? Is that uh, morally justifiable? We've obviously got a split here with our panelists. Let's see what's on the lines. Uh, Robin Whitby, good morning, Oakley Show. Hey, good morning. Hi. Yeah, yeah I'm not socialist and, uh, because I think people should be paid uh, proportional to their work and their accomplishments. But uh, these CEOs, this, the, the difference is just uh, ridiculous. I mean, uh, the only thing that they're really... Um, uh, good at is being uh, greedier and being uh, more corrupt and willing to play the game than the other guys. I mean, a hundred times, making a hundred times what somebody else makes, nobody can work that hard. I, I, I appreciate your comments, Rob. Um, one of the biggest uh, problems, I think, in Canada is the disrespect that we have for people in the trades. Uh, we recognize uh, people who sit behind a desk uh, with huge salaries. We, we the Silicon Valley numbers uh, out of the states are crazy. But people in the trades, carpenters, electricians, plumbers, uh, we look down on their contributions to society, even though often they're the backbone of the Well, how the would you class. address that? How would you address that then? Do you start uh, affecting some kind of a, a wage structure that's imposed by a guild, an association? How do you come up with a I don't a know. I, I think that that's, that's maybe um, something that could be a component of it. But I think that, again, uh, the Or the isn't it a free market between... that decides? In the, end, uh, in the end, this has to be a, a, a free market that decides on these things. Actually, the trades do pretty well in Canada. Um, if you're an electrician or a heating engineer, plumber these days, uh, the, the income is pretty good. It's, I'm not it's saying not, that it's, it's not, but compared to CEOs, it is. But the, the, in the end, uh, certainly um, we can look at CEOs and ask, uh, you know, is this uh, appropriate what they're being paid by their companies? Are they earning it? But when you look at sports stars, how many people are complaining Absolutely, about what they I agree with get you there. paid or basketball players or soccer, soccer players or Justin Bieber? Nobody's griping about the millions that the movie stars make, the Jennifer Aniston's when they're flicking through Hello! magazine. But they point to the CEOs because it's companies, because it's business. Uh, entertainment industry, it seems it doesn't matter what people earn. But in the end, if people want to go and watch hockey and they're going to go and watch basketball, then the market is going to set what these basketball players play. Let me ask about another trade here because my time is tight. Uh, It's coming up at this time on Friday morning. uh, The Supreme Court of Canada is set to rule on Canada's prostitution laws. You might recall uh, it was a case, Bedford versus Canada. It uh, has been dragging through the courts at different levels of appeal. And uh, two of the three laws were uh, upheld by Justice Himmel back in 2012. Uh, One was struck down, but the final appeals that were heard in June were were coming out with a definitive and last word on this from the Supremes, barring, I don't know, uh, any kind of government intervention, which would make prostitution on the constitutional right to security of person effectively legal. Uh, You could ply your trade, uh, live with people or hire people to enable your 
living off the uh, the profession. Greta, do you see this as a good movement because you essentially believe it to be a victimless crime? I think it's a victimless crime. Um, I think that systemically, though, we need to look at why women get into prostitution. And if there are uh, societal influences and economic influences that force them into the, the field if they if they don't want to be forced into it. But I do think that those who are in it, who want to be in it, have a right to do that. It's, a, it's as victimless as smoking dope. Is it victimless, Joe Boot? Well, I've never heard such rubbish statements on the air Joe. by a minister of the church. Unbelievable. This is prostitution today is being fed by sexual slavery. And, and, and that, Joe, that's not, I'm, I am totally against that. Canada. Look, well, how can you talk about women wanting to be in prostitution? Do you actually Perhaps know you missed the first thing that I women, said, Joe. Most of them who are actually addicted to drugs, Greta. Most of these poor girls are addicted to drugs. They're pushed into it early. Many of them may think that they want to be in it, but there are... I would argue there are no women in their right minds who want to be prostitutes, and this is driven. And I would, today I would argue that as well, Joe. But I'm is operating out of much of uh, uh, all Europe right. And look, being shipped into into Ontario. I, I understand. I, so look, wait a minute. Well, on the one hand, you're saying it's a victimless crime. You want to offer some kind of a, a rider here that it's not victimless. What are you saying? You're sending well, mixed I'm signals. Saying, I'm saying, okay, look at, at the women from Aboriginal communities who end up in prostitution. Nine times out of ten, ninety-nine times out of a hundred, they don't want to be there. But if there's one out of 100 who wants to be there, then I don't think that we should throw her behind bars. I think that she has a right to make that choice. I think that we need to defend and care for the women in our society uh, so that they do not feel that they are obligated to find themselves and care for their children. You're willing to defend them if they go that route? And Joe says what? I'm saying that, uh, no, that this should remain, as it has historically been in the West, a crime. And there's a reason for that. It isn't victimless. Both those who are drawn into uh, using prostitutes uh, make victims of themselves, and those certainly who are in the industry are almost well. Thank always you for your paternalistic attitudes about others. that, Joe. Almost all, well, maybe paternalistic. Maybe I belong in the 1930s, Greta. But I'd it's rather, women who I'd it's... rather be there on this issue than see young girls being sold into sex. Absolutely. Places. I agree with you. I would not want to have young girls th- sold so into So what are you saying, Greta? Are you basically taking a, a libertarian position that uh, people are, should be welcome and free to do what they want with their bodies? This case is being fought by women who want to be free to do what they want with their bodies. I think they have a right to do that. I don't think I have a right to prescribe laws that put them behind bars for right, doing well, that. Joe, final word on that. Well, you, it's still illegal in this country to sell yourself into slavery because we don't have an absolute right to do what we want with our own bodies just because it's ours. I have responsibilities towards others, towards family, towards my neighbor with what I do with my body, and therefore there's a, there is here a social communitarian responsibility. Communitarian. Act. Communitarian. What, you can communitarian. talk about communitarian when you're talking about mutual, a free market yeah. economy? We have mutual response. Yes, absolutely. I talked about tithing in the church. The issue here is we have a responsibility towards the young, the vulnerable, and the weak in our society, and this law needs to stay in place, otherwise we really are sticking another nail in the social coffin of Canada. As do the social networks that support families who currently work to try to keep their children from ending up in a situation like that. By the way, exit question, real fast. The lotto in the States this week, it's uh, $650 Is it obscene, or is that the free market? I mean, $400 if you walk away after taxes. Joe Boot, what do you say? Is that too much money? Is that immoral? Well, it's gambling. And, uh, you know, the Christian worldview doesn't support the idea of gambling. It supports investment, hard work, and thrift. But, of course, Greta believes you should be able to do whatever you want. I'm sure she's supportive of this. 
All right. I haven't got my ticket. <laughs> Let's uh, punch your ticket and you're on your way out. Thank you all. Uh, it was a lively discussion. Greta Vosper, minister at the West Hill United Church, and very the good. Reverend Joe Boot, senior pastor at the Westminster Chapel in Toronto. Thank you both. Very, Thanks, very, uh, Thanks, uh, Merry Christmas. Thank uh, you. And to you. Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the Ezra Institute for Contemporary Christianity. Please feel free to share it with friends, but do not charge for or alter the material in any way without the express written consent of the EICC. Thank you.